Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. So I think you read something interesting. This is how some of our best podcasts start, is you read something interesting. Uh, I never have time <laughs> to read it. And then you tell us, all of us, uh, how great it is or how terrible it is, and then we figure out what to do with it. So I think, I think we've got another of those that pattern going here. What, what, what have you read uh, by, uh, I think it's uh, Marquette. Is that the guy's name? Yeah, that's right. Uh, and it's, it's kind of funny how this came about, which is, uh, so David Marquette is someone we've talked about before. Yeah, he's he the tur- turn the ship around guy, isn't he? Exactly. That's right. And um, I often recommend to people to watch, there's an animated, one of those animated talks. Ooh, those are good. Yeah, called called Greatness. And I had recently been recommending it to several people. But one thing is, to be, to be honest, I, I'd never actually read the book, Turn the Ship Around. And I thought, well, I'm going to have to fix this. And I, I was um, at my local library and I went and said, well, let's actually, let's go see if they have that in, in, in the, on the shelf. And uh, they, they didn't. But it turned out he has a second book that I'd never heard of. And it was, it was published in, in 2020, the same year our book was published. And the title uh, reached out to me. It was, it was uh, Leadership is Language. Ooh, boy. And I thought, wow. Now, that, yeah. that's, that's a thesis I can get behind. This is, this, this is uh, The Hidden Power of What You Say and What You Don't is in the subtitle here. And I thought, well, you know, that sounds really interesting. I'm going to go pick that up. So I, so I did. And started reading it, and I thought, well, this is this is this is really neat. There's a, a lot in it that uh, uh, corresponds with our book. He's got a similar kind of um, history of what kind of attitudes came uh, from the Industrial Revolution. But I want to talk about a very particular element, a, a particular um, idea he introduces here, because uh, I think it can be a very useful one. And he introduces um, two uh, executive type. Uh, people to be the characteristics of these. And he, he describes uh, the first one as a very, um, you know, hard driving, uh, all action, all the time executive, get things done, you know, can do attitude. Uh, uh, let's, let's, let's really, let's, let's execute, you know, to a hundred percent or maybe 110%. If I, this person's you know. on fire. This person is exactly. just moving all the time. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, demanding and everything goes along with it. And the other executive he introduces is someone who is heavily into analysis, is always uh, looking to um, think and, and, and check the facts, uh, and, um, but maybe a little bit short on the execution side. <clears throat> so the, the, uh, I, the idea of these is that there's a dichotomy here that these people look like opposites, but um, the, the idea is that, no, they're, they're actually similar in that they they're, are both spending too much time's on the extreme and they should both come towards the center. And, and he does this by labeling the type of work that's being done. And he, and he calls it red work and blue work. And so red work is the driving execution focused. You know, we want to reduce variation. We want to, you know, be, uh, um, you know, a- action. And then uh, the blue work is when what is, is your thinking and decision making. And he says you need to have a balance of both of these. And the problem is that when you're out of balance in either direction, you're going to be ineffective. And what he goes forward is to say that, you know, we use different language when we're in these different mindsets. And, uh, but I thought to start with just this, this, uh, this idea of saying there is red work and blue work was, becomes a useful uh, actually term. And this is that we, once we have this kind of phrase we can use with each other, then it becomes very useful shorthand to be saying, 
something like, you know, I, I, I think, I think we maybe need to <laughs> move into some blue work here, or, you know, I think we spend a lot of time on blue work and we've kind of got to limit what we can analyze. I think we need some red work to start generating data. So that's, that, that was an interesting thought. I'm, I'm curious what you think about that as your first response. Oh, it gives me lots of thoughts. So for example, I'm reminded of the Kinevan framework, uh, hint, never name your, uh, your framework uh, for consulting after a Welsh word, um, but um, you see the show notes for how to spell that word. Um, but uh, uh, the Kinevan framework has um, one element uh, where you're operating in the complex domain where uh, you don't know quite how things work and whether this action will have an effect on that result. Uh, what result it'll have. Um, and in that domain, one of the key things that you want to do is probe and then sense and then respond. So the um, loop that you're often going through, and I was just talking about this in one of my uh, uh, community events earlier this week, is uh, to be doing some red work to try to generate new information. And then you want to switch into blue mode and reflect on the information you gathered, which will then influence the next red work that you're going to do. So when you're in that um, repetitive learning, um, iterating toward a solution loop that so many of us try to be in, then having this distinction is really important. But I, I, I like that idea there and, and the, the iteration because it fits well with one of the points he makes, which is that we uh, it's not just that there's red work and blue work, but that for many people, they make the mistake of, of having there being red workers and blue workers. And he takes us back to kind of the, you know, scientific management, Taylorism type thing. When you'd say there was the idea that workers, the people doing the work, were were supposed to be just execution. And it was the job of management to be, to be the people who were reflecting. And so you had this uh, division between the red workers and blue workers. And part of what he says is, no, we need, we need to, uh, um, we're going to have this difference in work, but we shouldn't have the difference in workers. We do want people uh, to be able to be moving back and forth. And one of the advantages is if the people who are doing the work can reflect on it, you're going to have a lot more rapid learning cycle. And that's what I got out of what you were saying, which is someone who is, you know, trying something and seeing the result and then trying something and seeing the result and, and having that kind of very rapid uh, uh, iteration cycle fit well with this idea of the, taking the workers and saying, you know, everyone should be having this combination of, of red work and blue work. Yeah, but however, I'll, I'll defend a, a, a slightly different point of view uh, I remember we had long ago, we should link it in the show notes, uh, long ago we had a episode of this podcast called In Defense of Taylorism, if I remember it right. <laughs> and and we, were, we were arguing in favor, in some cases, of some of this behavior, some of this red work focus separated from blue work. And I came across that with a client recently, in, uh, as it happened uh, in Asia. Uh, I was working with this client, and um, the, their... Um, the culture of the company, not necessarily the society it was in, but the, the culture of the company was one in which there were domain experts and there were executors, and the executors were in the IT team. One way you can often tell this is, is by how groups are named. So they were the IT team, they were supplying a service of IT to people who, who knew this particular domain that this company was in. And um, now I gave them quite a hard time for this because they were also trying to be a, um, a very innovative um, startup feeling kind of company. And I said, you're, you're not actually doing that. You're not doing rapid learning. 
but they had been quite successful in a limited sphere by exploiting the tremendous knowledge of the domain experts and translating that rather mechanically into the action of the red workers. So you had blue, blue workers thinking about how things should work and red workers executing. Now, there wasn't a lot of learning. Uh, so it wasn't that they were adapting and changing. They weren't really ready for um, new things in their market. But uh, so far as they understood their market, which is relatively new and relatively unexplored, uh, they ex ex understood it better than others and better than customers. So uh, in fact, they, they had done pretty well for a while with a red-blue split. But, but there, that, the end of the road was coming, and I don't think they knew it. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I do like your example because one thing it, it, it highlights is that this this cycle between red and blue, it's it doesn't mean the same thing everywhere. You know, context matters tremendously, and so what I what I think about this is you 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 kind of had a a, a store of of stored blue work. You know, <laughs> I, I have in mind this kind of big picture of a big vat, and you know, you said, okay, we we have we have ten gallons of blue here that we've done. And you kind of needed to bring that out, you know, drain that tank of saying, okay, we have this stored knowledge. Let's go ahead and, and put what we know into practice. And kind of be, when we get to the limits of our knowledge, then we're going to need to to come back and, and refill the tank. <laughs> exactly. And that's what I think they were missing. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of stored up knowledge about how the market worked now. But as the market evolves and their market is substantially changing, new people are entering, the uh, world is shifting, and their world uh, data is very important, and there's lots of new ways to gather it. And uh, that was uh, that's not going to stand them in good stead for the future. Uh, but it was doing fine for them now. They're, they're, they've built a good, solid business as it is. Yeah, I you know this this uh, this analogy <laughs> reminds me then of maybe that what part of the problem here is that uh, the the stored up knowledge we have can also have an expiration date. <laughs> so yes, I've got ten gallons of blue. It's going to start to smell after a while. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. And they, going they're not off. wrong. <laughs> it's just exactly it's it's out of date with the market. So you know that's that's a, it, it, one of the challenges of having people relying too much on 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 ancient knowledge, which we, we talked about the. Uh, ancient wisdom and maybe that's a distinction between ancient wisdom and ancient knowledge uh, <laughs> you know the insights versus thinking no no i know exactly how things are because i i worked in that in that market for for 10 years so, yeah but that was 10 years ago <laughs> so maybe maybe there's something here to learn but i think coming back i think that the main insight here about that story is that your cycle between red and blue can vary and that can be a good thing you you, you know just you don't need to think, well, you know, we've spent a week executing, let's go spend a week uh, uh, thinking about it. If in fact, you're, you know, you're in the middle of exploiting, you know, something that uh, is going to uh, be a six month uh, execution path based on what you are already known. Absolutely. And of course, and uh, you can have different people doing different bits at the same time. So somebody is doing some reflecting on what's already happened, and someone is gathering new data. The danger is, I think, if uh, you, you completely divide your organization, as in my example, uh, for my, my Asian example, um, if you completely divide your organization that way and the um, blue workers never do any execution and the red workers never do any thinking, then you're missing opportunities to learn because there's overlap and um, uh, cross-pollination that should be happening that isn't. And that's where you're going to get substantial new learning and adaptability. 
So maybe what listeners could do is to try to have a think about what their um, both people and time allocation is of red and blue and uh, uh, reflect on whether that's uh, a good mix for them. Yeah, and I'll throw, I'll throw in one one other line from the book, which I liked, which is, is, is you know, a lot of places have a, a can-do attitude, but you also want a can-learn <laughs> attitude. <laughs> so that's, that's uh, as, as important. So, yeah, good, good, good issue there about having the balance. There we go. Excellent. Well, uh, if listeners are trying that experiment, or perhaps uh, they've discovered some... Oh, and the dog's very excited about this experiment as well. Um, if listeners are, are trying some of that uh, with or without their dogs, um, then they can get in touch with us at agileconversations.com, and there are videos there, our Twitter address, email address, you name it, any kind of address you can find uh, to get in touch with us and tell us how's that working for you? Have you discovered something new in that area? Do you disagree with us? Uh, we we really like hearing from listeners, so please do get in touch. And of course, you can also come back and listen to us again next week on Troubleshooting Agile. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Grant.